Welcome to another episode of the Search for Awesome. This is a bonus episode, though I am Titus. <laughs> what was that? What was wrong with that? Okay, first of all, I'd like to point out that I, I'm so self-conscious now, I can't even laugh. After you told me I had a donkey <laughs> laugh, like I have no idea how to deal with that. It's literally going to ruin the rest of no, my life. No, it's great. I love your laugh. I, like... I said don't take it no. the wrong way when I said you had a donkey laugh, and you clearly didn't listen. I don't know how. I have no clue how you tell someone they have a donkey laugh, and they're supposed to just not take that the wrong way. Though, I'm Mikey. Hi. <laughs> I don't know what the though was. What was the though? I don't though? know why I said though. I'm going to edit that out anyway. They're never going to hear that part. They're not going to gonna edit that out, but you're going <laughs> to leave mine leave in, me. so I look like the idiot. <laughs> All right, guys. Today on this bonus episode, we are talking about the Up and Vanish podcast, Totally Unbarred. We told you guys we were going to be talking about this a few weeks ago when we were doing our list of our favorite podcasts, and uh, today is the day, but we have a couple of things that we want to talk about before. So if you're here just to listen to our discussion on Up and Vanish, you can fast forward to about 10 minutes and 15 seconds or so, and that should get you to that conversation. A story just came out that I think is relevant to us, and it's about MoviePass. I found this, and I meant to say something to you about it like two days ago, because I thought it was pretty interesting, the whole MoviePass mm-hmm. thing. But when I came across this article, I knew that they tracked our data but I didn't know it was that extensive. They literally spoke on how they actually track you from the moment you leave your house to the till you get to the theater. And then as well, when you leave the theater to where you go next. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. So we talked about MoviePass quite a bit. And just so if you don't know, it's a really cheap service. It's $9.95 and allows you to watch one movie at the theater a day. Uh, so basically an all-you-can-eat movie buffet is kind of how I like to describe it. The MoviePass CEO had an interview with Media Play News, and basically they were talking about how they're trying to take this service that really seems like should be losing a lot of money and how they can make it profitable. And what Mikey just said just came out, that uh, they have been tracking people's, or at least either they are or are planning to track how people are traveling to movies and them leaving movies uh, and kind of like where they're going and that sort of thing and seeing how they can profit off that data. The problem with this is it really wasn't clear that that's what they were doing. We knew they were data mining, but we didn't know that they were tracking our whereabouts. Well, well re- reading a lot of the comments, it didn't even seem like people were mad that they were actually doing it. They were more mad that they weren't clear about it to begin with, which I found interesting. I, I felt like if you were fine with it, if, it, if it didn't seem like a big deal that they were actually doing it, then why are you upset that they weren't clear about it? I mean, they had to make revenue somehow. Well, that's where I'm kind of like a little weird about it because like... We knew they were data mining, so like, and this is, I kind of assumed this was something that they would do, but it was the first that we've heard about it, and it says in the terms and conditions, something about like real-time location data, they will use it as a means to develop, improve, and personalize the service, which is pretty vague and could mean basically anything they want it to mean, uh, so yeah. it's, it's kind of a weird day, um, but here's my problem with this, Mikey. I want to get your thoughts on this. So they say they're going to be tracking you going to the theater and leaving the theater. The problem is movie pass for most theaters, they shouldn't know you're watching a movie or going to a movie until you get there because you have to purchase it at the theater. And this is something I haven't seen any article comment on. I was about to say that literally tells me that they're tracking me all day. I mean, they've worded it in a way to make it seem like it's only when around theater activity, but that tells me that they're tracking me nonstop. I mean, otherwise, how would yeah, they know? Yeah, that's exactly my point. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree with you. To be honest, like, I am a customer of MoviePass, 
this to me is not something unexpected. I would want some clarification on why they're tracking me on the way to a theater if they don't even know that I'm going to be purchasing the ticket or going to a theater until I actually get there. A little more transparency, really. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line here. I, I, I think they're they're definitely not the first app to track our data because at the, at the end of the day, I mean, it, this tracking of our data is, is what makes things more convenient for us. That's how things like Google Assistant and searching on Google or Amazon searching or ads that are relevant to you on Facebook become so much better for you. Uh, whether you realize it or not, is because they're tracking your data. So I don't think it's such an awful thing. I just wish they had a little more transparency. As a customer, I don't really care that they're using my data to profit off me because they're offering a service that adds so much value to my life at such a cheap price. I'm kind of okay with it personally, but yeah, I agree with you. I want some more transparency, and it does make me a little bit frightened that if you know, they were doing this, this this whole time or they're doing this now without really consulting or telling anybody, then, you know, what's to stop them from being more heinous or what's to say they're not already being more heinous with the data that they're collecting. But I I kind of think it's an interesting future if we have more and more companies like this popping up that is offering a super cheap service that can offer a lot of value to life and then try to offset the cost with collecting data. I think that's a cool business model to me. But again, transparency, as you said, is king. Oh, in their terms and conditions, they do say they will not sell your data. So that is a step in the right direction. They are only going to use it to profit inside their company. I, that makes me rest easy. I probably should care that they're using my data more flippantly than they're saying they are, but it really doesn't bother me that much, to be honest. I did read somewhere that they were trying to create a whole movie night experience, not just help you get to a movie. They're trying to create the whole experience. Mm -hmm to recommend restaurants in the area, maybe a bar afterwards or whatever, to actually create a whole movie trip instead of just going to see mm -hmm. a movie. Before we jump into the next part of the podcast, which is the Up Advantage part, I do want to give you guys some updates about the podcast itself. We were talking about Anchor last week. Mikey, you brought this up to me, a, a, an app that I'd never heard of before that will host your podcast for free. And uh, our podcast is now on Anchor. All right, let me just point out when I brought this up to Titus, I feel like it totally blew his mind. I mean, I was super excited about it, and I thought Titus would be kind of like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. But it totally, I I could literally see the fireworks in his eyes. It was so exciting. Yeah, it was of anger um, because you didn't tell me about it sooner. That's what the fireworks were, Mikey. <laughs> I had only known about it for like 24 hours, to be fair. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely is a cool podcasting app. I checked it out quite a bit. So I was trying to get the podcast published on Anchor, and I, I was trying to get on the technology section of the Anchor app, so I reached out to Anchor, and I just sent them an email, and then not only did they put us in the technology section, Mikey, they put us at the very top, and I noticed they put us on their homepage. In fact, as of this recording, we are still on the homepage. Like, you open the app, and boom, there we are right there, the Search for Awesome logo, and not only that, I noticed it, afterwards, they put us in the news section. Yeah, I noticed that, and I was like, are you got to be kidding me? I was like, we're, we're popular on Anchor now. We're a big deal. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. I, I really appreciated that. But why I want to mention Anchor is because they have a really neat feature that I, I want to mention to the viewers uh, is that you can actually send us messages on Anchor. So you can record your message through your phone, and it will send it to us, and then we can play it uh, on a future episode. So if you guys have any comments about any of our episodes moving forward with this one, or any of our past ones, you can send us a comment via Anchor. So just download the app 
find our podcast and then it'll it'll have a button where you can message us and then you can send us just kind of like a voicemail and then we'll listen to it later and hopefully make it into the show. So now you have three ways you can communicate with us. The comment sections on you, on YouTube, uh, you can send us an email or you can message us on Anchor. And by the way, Mikey, mentioning uh, sending us an email to podcast at thesearchforawesome.co. That's podcast at thesearchforawesome.co. We did finally get an email. So this is from Sequit Admirer. I know Uh-oh. it's getting a little weird. This is from Leslie. And <laughs> I feel like that name sounds very familiar right now. What? Why? I don't know. I don't know, Leslie. Do you know Leslie? I... Okay, well, it says, hi, yes, I would like to hear more about Lucas, just to creep Mikey out more, smiley face. Also, I like puppies and would like to hear at least something about them. Thank you. Also, your sense of humors are on point. It's getting better each podcast. Love, secret admirer. I don't know how my wife would feel about that, secret admirer. That's a little inappropriate, uh, saying you love us. I'm just kidding. That's my wife. She, uh, (laughs) I did not put her up to that. She sent us an email because yesterday... She started listening to the podcast for the first time. She's literally like listened to every single one of them today while she was working. <laughs> I'm not joking. She's I, I've been getting emails throughout the day. It's like Leslie Fuller just like this one. Leslie Fuller just like that one. And I was like, oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> can you not? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yay! My wife loves the podcast. I think I had one thing. I had one thing all to myself. <laughs> I was excited to see that email, and then I was a little disappointed when I saw it with my wife, but I did appreciate that. So thank you, Leslie. Uh, and yes, we will talk more about Lucas the Spider, I'm sure, because Mikey loves Lucas. And uh, puppies. Comments on puppies, Mikey. Um, so we definitely can talk about puppies, but Lucas the Spider, for as far as I'm concerned, can go burn in a fire. <laughs> Just saying. All right, guys, we're going to talk about Up and Vanished. Before we get started, I just want to say that me and Mikey are not experts. We are not investigators. We are not really qualified to even really talk about this stuff. But we do have minds, we do have opinions, and we are pretty invested in the story. So we just want to go through it and just give our thoughts. And we should take them just as such, just our thoughts. But before we do, uh, just letting you know, we're going about to spoil everything. So if you have not listened to Up and Vanished, now would be a time to run away if that is something you'd like to do. Or if you don't mind us spoiling it and you just want to hear our thoughts on a thing you don't know anything about, you can stick around if you'd like. Uh, I went back and listened, just getting ready for this podcast, listened to at least half the episodes, most of the ending ones and a couple of ones from the very beginning. And uh, I have made eight pages of notes. So I think I think we're ready for this. So disclaimer, let me just throw this out there. I did not go back and listen to any of them. I did not make any notes, and I certainly didn't read your eight pages of notes. Uh, I briefly glanced at them, uh, realized that there was eight pages, uh, and realized that we were going to be trying to make this a short episode, and you have eight pages of notes, and I almost threw up. I did listen to them a lot more recently than you did. That will help. Because you had already listened to it long before when you recommended it to me. And then me and my wife actually listened to this one together. We used to sit around at night and uh, put on a Bluetooth speaker and play this, kind of like listening to the old-time radio. Yeah, it was an incredible story. So let's talk about the beginning. And uh, actually, before we do that, let me um, just first off uh, just say that our heart goes out to Tara and her family, and our heart goes out Definitely. to everyone who's impacted by this murder, including the people who are accused falsely. 
of murder, and we're going to talk about a couple of those that were exonerated in this process. You know, our hearts go out to you, and our prayers do as well. So, yeah. Um, and also, our heart goes out to Dusty Vassy and his family. I don't know if you knew this, Mikey. Do you remember Dusty Vassy? Do you know who that is in the show? The Silver yeah. Star guy? Uh, he, di- he died. Yeah. Did you hear that? I think it was, uh, wasn't it from cancer? I think so. He was if having not, ed- really bad health out. complications towards the end of this, the all the episodes. And uh, I don't know if it was connected to the death, but uh, it was very sad. And I, our heart definitely goes out to him and his family, uh, especially his family. I know that's always tough. So he seemed like a great guy, and I loved his contribution to the podcast. And I know Payne Lindsay is forever in his debt. And let me add in here. Uh, we don't say that lightheartedly. Uh, when we say our um, heart goes out towards them, we definitely mean that. When you listen to this podcast for so long, you literally... Mm-hmm feel like you're a part of their lives. Uh, and I know that we weren't, and I know that we weren't there, and I know that we can't ever imagine um, what her family feels like, uh, what everyone involved in this case felt like, but we can say genuinely that our heart goes out to them. So that said, let's uh, honor them by uh, talking about these episodes and uh, and just giving our thoughts on the whole thing and the whole process and uh also talk about some of the stuff that hasn't really been concluded yet because the show did conclude or the season did conclude, but uh, there's still plenty more to discuss and see if we can figure out where we land on it. Uh, not that our opinion matters, but just to kind of keep it in people's conscience so that way justice can be served. So uh, so let's talk about the first few episodes. So this was how we got introduced to the show. And obviously, if it wasn't for these first two being so gripping, then we probably wouldn't have continued with them. Uh, I will say that I, I've said this before uh, on the podcast, but I don't think it was super polished at the beginning. Payne Lindsay was new to podcasting. But I went when I went to go listen to it again, I was actually surprised because it was better than I remembered. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the evidence that we heard at the very beginning. Um, so one of the things we heard was her car was unlocked. So, so basically, if you don't really know at all the story, Tara Grinstead was missing. That's why it's called Up and Vanish. But she's been gone for about 10 years, so the... Uh, we kind of assumed she was murdered at this point. Like, she didn't just up and leave for 10 years and not say anything to anybody. That was just kind of crazy. Well, and every bit of the evidence, even in the beginning, didn't... It pointed to, like, somebody wanted it to seem like she up and left, but it definitely... It didn't add up to make you want to think that, even in the first couple of episodes. Yeah, it definitely seemed like they are trying to hide some stuff. So here was the evidence. Her car outside was unlocked, which, you know, if she was going to up and leave, why is her car there? But whatever. Her home was locked. Um... A blue glove was found on the ground outside. Um, she'd been missing since October 23rd, 2005. So this is over 10 years ago now, about 13 years ago now. Her house was in near perfect condition. There was a lampshade that wasn't straight. It was tilted oddly. There was a clock on the floor by the bed, not on the nightstand. Uh, and But here's what's interesting. One of the guys who kind of helped consulted with pain was somebody who followed the case since the beginning, uh, Maurice Godwin. And he found a couple things GBI missed. It had broken necklace on the floor, uh, but it was uh, basically like some of the little pieces of the necklace found its way into between the floorboards. The the headboard of the bed was like broken and placed underneath the bed. So that was something the GBI missed. And uh, he really wasn't happy with the GBI's investigating performance. And another th- clue that kind of came in the early episodes was there was a guy who committed suicide, and he had a note with names on it saying that he knew what happened to Tara and couldn't live with himself anymore and had the names of people, assumedly, that were involved or knew somebody who was involved in the murder of Tara instead. So 
At that point, Mikey, what did you think was going on? Okay, so up until that point, you know, the only characters that you had into play that were possible scenarios were people like the ex-boyfriend or, you know, neighbors or whatever. So so when, when the guy committed suicide, at that point, I was I was completely lost. Yeah. Because I already kind of feel like I didn't have a, you know, ground to stand on. And then when that happened, I was just so lost. I was like, what in the world actually happened here? Yeah, it was a really interesting, just that, that one thing was just like, eye-opening the especially the suicide note because it was just like what maurice godwin said that i found so interesting was just like you don't go and meet your maker on a lie like come on like he knew something or maybe his psychotically thought he knew something yeah like he didn't hear something from a friend here he didn't make this up he didn't just have a buddy tell him about something that may or may not have been true but it does sound like he knew something was up. And we'll talk about his note and some of the names on it a little bit later. But let's jump into episode two. We're not going to do this episode by episode, but one. Of, but episode two was kind of, I love the name of it. It was called White Rabbits, which if you don't know what that means, it just means that there were things that kept popping up that led to nowhere. One of the great things I found about this podcast, the case has kind of been solved, kind of been solved. We'll talk about that more later. But because now we know, or at least we have a pretty, not complete picture, but we have a sort of picture of what happened. It's kind of interesting looking back so I, I found it really weird listening to those first episodes again knowing what actually happened um here's a couple of the white rabbits that popped up uh tara's sister was convinced it was tara's boyfriend marcus that wasn't responsible she was convinced which they don't talk about her sister very much but that was the only time they ever said anything and she was convinced of that there was a detective that left his card uh and he was checking on tara and he left it in her door there was a rubber glove found outside. At this point, we're assuming that had nothing to do with anything, or it was a plant of some sort, but we'll talk about that a little later. There was somebody um, saying that, you know, she's in the park. God is telling me she's in the park, or for some spiritual things, she's she's in the park. Her body's in the park. And, you know, that obviously didn't turn out to be the truth. And there was also a letter from Tara to, or no, was, was it an email? I don't remember what it was, but basically Tara insinuating she might commit suicide if Marcus left her or or wouldn't come back to her or if they couldn't make things work. Um, she said something along the lines of, if you leave it as this, uh, you know, something bad's going to happen to me. And it was a very odd thing to, for her to send, but it apparently had nothing to do with anything. But it was one of those things that, like, when you saw that, well, like, whoa. Well, they, they did talk about that, and they did say how, if I remember correctly, they did talk about how, you know, she did have a hard time letting go yeah. in that situation, and she did kind of write dramatic emails at times. For sure, and, and there's even more white rabbits. There were so many things. Like This case was so complicated. It's amazing to me that something actually came of all this. There was somebody saying that Tara was not acting normal when she, right before she went missing, as if she knew something was going to happen. But as it turns out, like that probably had nothing to do with anything. And there was also a house that burned down on Snapdragon uh, at the time around the time of the disappearance. And there was a guy with a Ford Expedition outside the house, it burned the house down and burned his car. And this guy was a friend of Marcus, the boyfriend of Tara. And it was like, that looks fishy, but it just it ended up being right. nothing. And it was just like, wow, there's all these things that are just like, how are these not related? But it, it ended up having nothing to do with anything. It, well, like going back to the thing where it said she was acting strange that night. I mean, what about the way someone's behavior actually truly indicates that they knew something was going to happen. You know, if, if nothing happened to her that night, would she have acted any differently? And that's the thing. You, you never know. 
Yeah, it's like if I if I went missing or something, and right before that I was spending a lot of time in the bathroom, it's like, to the off person, they're like, oh man, there's probably something to that. And it's like, he was spending a lot of time in the bathroom. It's like, to my wife, she's like, no, he does that all the time. That literally means nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just a typical bathroom <laughs> yeah. break for him. It was just <laughs> inconvenient that he went missing after the bathroom. <laughs> all right, so Payne, basically, Payne Lindsay, the podcast host, shook a lot of trees until finally the truth fell out. And this is the big thing. This is about halfway through the podcast. There was an arrest made of two people that the podcast up to that point had never talked about. But from then on, the podcast would be centered on. One was Ryan Duke, and the other one was Bo Dukes. Even at the uh, press conference, they gave the media credit. Now, here's the thing. Do we think that the podcast helped with these arrests? I, I think it definitely did. It brought a lot of light to it. It, it definitely... The, the, the thing is, is when you have committed a crime like that and you, you were part of something like that, to hold on to that uh, would be hard enough if no one's bringing it up. And then the fact that you would start hearing about it everywhere because it's made news after all this time. I mean, you're talking 10 years. So you've had a lot of time to sit with that guilt and then hearing that news, you're, you're going to start talking about it more. You're going to want to confess or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's exactly what, what he did. He, you know, he had his, I think his girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Um, I think it was his, uh, Bo, Bo Duke. I think it's Bo Duke's girlfriend ended up telling her mom and somehow some way she twisted his arm to either come out and say it or, the mom said it. I'm not ever. I'm not sure if the podcast ever said exactly who said. I'm not even sure the podcast really knows. I thought it was the girlfriend because they were trying to get the money. Well, it had something to do with her mom, though. The girlfriend's mom was involved. But I think we were so baffled at the fact that there were two characters that we didn't even really know existed or had any interaction with Tara that night. And next thing you know, they're being arrested for her murder. So it was, it was kind of mind-blowing, really. Yeah, that was a point when things just started changing and when it started feeling a lot more real. And that's also when the podcast started going to more of a real-time podcast because up to that point, they had you know 10 years of data and, and evidence to look through. And then it was day by day just trying to collect more information about these guys because even though the GBI has two people they were trying to charge with the murder, it's still not exactly that easy because Ryan ends up pleading not guilty, even though during his, uh, when he was getting interrogated, he supposedly confessed. So it was kind of a weird thing. That was something that never got resolved, and I'm sure that Payne probably doesn't know exactly what happened there. And also, Bo Dukes, the other guy who was uh, taken, his involvement really wasn't clear. Uh, You know, was he actually involved with the murder, or did he just hide the murder? So basically what they're alleging is that Ryan went to Tara's house, killed her, and then uh, basically took her body to a, their pecan orchard, uh, Bo Duke's family's pecan orchard, and they burned the body there. And Bo Duke's was involved with hiding the murder. Now, now didn't they? Didn't he go back to Bo's house and have Bo help him come get the body? Yeah, that's something that's a little bit. Uh, it's kind of hard to to really capture. Um, in in Ryan's confession, or was it Bo's? One of their confessions, they talked about that, about how he had them come back to the house and they got her body and they took her. And that's where little things like the truck being parked in the yard, um, which didn't seem to make a big headline in the investigation by the GBI, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the truck being parked in the yard, that's where that would make sense. 
because they would that truck would be the one that picked up the body. Mm-hmm. I it's one thing I'm I'm having a hard time understanding because I think it depends on the story that you believe because I think there is one story where it says that Bo wrapped her up in a, a blanket, put it in the back of her truck, and drove her to the pecan orchard. And there's another story where he got scared, ran to you know ran away and came back possibly with Bo Dukes and they together hid the murder. Um, there's just a lot of stuff. Um, and there's a lot of things that came out from different conversations and stuff like that. And it's all about, you know, what story do they believe and what story are they going to basically charge them with? Um, not that they charge them for the story, but for the crimes, but what story are they going to use for court purposes? And it makes me sad to say this. I, to me, it all seems very sketchy. It all seemed very convenient that Bo is the one that someone close to him is the one that's bringing up the story and he barely was involved. So, you know, based off the way he's trying to paint it and Ryan confessed, but then pleaded not guilty for me the whole time. You know, I found it really confusing. I'm like, why would Ryan confess to me? It seemed like it made more sense that it would have been Bo. And that Ryan was trying to help him cover it up. And now Bo's worried that it's going to come out because of the podcast. And so he comes up with a way to deal with it. And so since, you know, Ryan was, you know, was his best friend and would do anything for him. I I felt like he was trying to help him cover it Mm -hmm. up. And that's why he confessed. And then, you know, but then I was like, maybe, maybe he really did do it. Maybe he did. And and me and Lauren, you know, my wife, uh, we we talked about that several times about how you maybe Maybe he really did do it, and and it's just hard for us to believe because the type of characters that they were. Yeah. But but then when you when you throw in the not guilty, I I don't. And that's one of those things that'll take a long time to play out why he pled that. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting though is, uh, the rubber gloves. So so really, if I remember right, Ryan Duke was being charged with burglary burglary. But if yeah. he had gloves on, that shows intent of something else. I mean, I guess you could argue that gloves could be used for burglary as well. And also, like, you hear his friends testifying and stuff like that to Payne, saying things along the lines of, like, Ryan wasn't that bright, but Bo, on the other hand, I could definitely see Bo knowing exactly what to do in this type of situation to make to get away with something like this. Um, so the question is, is, like, are people wrong about Ryan? Is Ryan really much more deceptive than they gave him credit for, or... Did somebody else, Bo or somebody else, help him or suggest to him to use the rubber gloves that were found later? Or were the rubber gloves just a plant altogether that we'll kind of get to later? Another thing that was interesting about Ryan's story, this is one of the things that came up towards the very end. There was a nurse that talked to Ryan privately. She claims that she did. And she asked him what happened. And this was a nurse after the fact, after she was, I believe, after he was arrested because he was having health issues. And Ryan said that Tara was partying with them and she OD'd, and they found her later, and they freaked out. That story, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. <laughs> like, no, that yeah. does not match the character that anybody, not even close to the character that I think Tara was modeled as. So that does seem like a yeah, that didn't happen at all. I, you know, the the thing is, is there was nothing about her character that leads us to believe that 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 was even a possibility for for me. I mean, you you never know because we weren't right. there, right? Another thing I found interesting is that Ryan's family says they don't believe he's guilty, which I found this really odd because I'm of the opinion that Ryan definitely was uh, was involved. I don't know what he did, but he had to have been involved. 
to some degree. And they said if he is guilty, then he needs to be punished. But I found that interesting. Well, and then and then you add in the fact that like uh, Bo sat there and watched uh, her body burn, and he and he said that he just felt like yeah. she deserved to have somebody Which watch. Is a weird statement. Her burn, and that's just really weird. I found that really creepy. But after all this, the podcast really switched to being mainly about Bo Dukes because it does seem like Ryan was involved. But the question really came up was how involved was Bo Dukes? So there's a couple things that really brings Bo Dukes' character into question. Now, just because these things are true of him doesn't mean he was the murderer and whatever. But basically, the allegations are, or at least some people believe, that Bo is really the one responsible, and he's just trying to pin it on Ryan because a lot of people think that Bo is more capable of this kind of thing just because of the kind of person a lot of people think that he is. So let's just look at some of these things. So one of the things Bo did was he stole $150,000 of equipment from the military. Now, I don't know if this is relevant or not. It's a totally different crime, but that is a lot of money to steal from the military. And you, Mikey, you're, you know, you used to be in the military. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I was, I was active duty army for nine years and now I'm still in the reserves, but you know, the thing is, is it's not that hard because there's a lot of equipment that the military has at your at ease of access uh, and to be able to um, easily walk away with. And, and, and let me let me clarify. I've, I've never done that. It's just there's so much equipment and a lot of it's just so expensive that you that you deal with that. Uh, I think in most environments they wouldn't let you deal with. But it's so crucial to our job to do that. I think it's very sketchy. You definitely could be a perfectly normal person that would never hurt anybody and steal all that equipment like that. So for me, I, I for me, I felt like that was completely unrelated. I feel like you could totally be someone that would kill somebody and not steal things and vice versa and be someone that would could steal things but not ever hurt somebody. Yeah, so a couple other things about Bo that one you just mentioned, that Bo threatened somebody, uh, so he... It had something to do with an altercation with this guy's ex-wife, um, but Bo threatened the guy that used to be married to this girl, and he even made a claim saying, this is Bo talking, that he could kill him and get away with it. He knew how to do that. That was what this guy claimed that Bo said to him. Um, another thing was he started trolling the message boards on Up and Vanished, on the Up and Vanished, uh, uh, what do they call those things, forum? And, uh, and I just, that one I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, you just started out like, what are you yeah. thinking just going on these boards? Just giving, you're just putting gasoline on a fire. And then the other big thing was, uh, at least this is specifically from Bo. After this, we'll talk about other people's accounts of Bo. There was a Twitter conversation that one of the Up and Vanish listeners had with Bo. And they, I mean, it's a really long conversation. And clearly, you just kind of get the idea that Bo is a little bit of a womanizer, number one. Um, and also, he's very manipulative. And, but here's the thing, he's, he speaks in doublespeak. So he said that he was scared of Ryan and that Ryan could pin it on him at any point. And then later he's like, but I could whoop his butt if, you know, if ever, you know, if I ever needed to. And he, like, he wasn't afraid of him at the same time. It was a, kind of these weird things that don't really mix. And then later he uh, says that he confessed to many people and they said that, you know, they may not have believed me. And then he said, I even told it to some of my exes and they use it to blackmail me. I mean, the, the, he's saying that like as if he like we're supposed to feel bad for him for them blackmailing him. But it's like a lot of the things, not only just this, a lot of the things that he said 
you know, about burning the body or whatever. Like he was definitely involved. Even if even if we uh, go with the narrative that Ryan did this and Bo just helped him cover it up because he did admit to that. Mm-hmm. Bo admitted to at least helping him burn the body. Like you can't take that lightly and 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 feel bad for this guy. Like he was supposed to. Like he was some victim here being blackmailed. I mean, you you still did something terrible. Well, there's a psychologist that I think it was a psychologist that broke this down for pain, and he was like, basically, he's trying to, in a twisted way say that. So what? I did what I did. A lot of people do horrible things. There's people I told they didn't say anything to anybody, and then. You know, and then I told my girlfriends, they used it to blackmail me. Everyone's horrible. It's not just me. And it's just like, no, 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 no. There, there's a different level here, sir. Like, like there's not, yeah. the, some things are not like the others. And also, another thing in the Twitter conversation that I didn't particularly like is that he seemed to be able to care less about what happened to his family in their pecan orchard. How selfish can you be? Like, not only did you do this horrible thing, you brought the body and hid it on their property, and now you're just like, forget all of them. What? I, I just to me like Bo is just not a really he's kind of a selfish guy at least at least the, that's how these Twitter conversations paint him to to me the other big thing was Bo Duke's girlfriend or at least his ex girlfriend or we don't really know because Payne had a long conversation with her but there was a lot of inconsistencies with her story that she was sharing with Payne especially specifically about them uh, when they broke up first she says you know he told me after we broke up. And then later he says, like I told you before, I found out when we were still together. And then a couple weeks later, uh, Bo and her broke up. And uh, then another one, like, and then there's these TV hosts that actually chatted with his girlfriend and said, the TV host said that they were still dating. So it was like, well, what, what is it? Like, why is there all these inconsistencies here? Like, if you could just get your story straight, this would help, you know, us actually believe you. But it seems like you're trying to form the story to fit whatever narrative you're trying to push. So I just want to point out, I felt... For me, with those inconsistencies, I felt like that was a big sign of uh, the fact that they were trying to get the money there because there was reward money for information for this. Yeah, there was a rumor. And I felt like if she distanced herself saying that she wasn't with him, that she felt like she'd have a better chance of getting it. I, You know, I don't know. Yeah, it was really weird. And here's a big one. This one was kind of nuts. So she first tells tells Payne that, Ryan, so basically Bo and Ryan and a bunch of friends were hanging out, and then Ryan stole or took Bo's car straight to Tara's house, and that's when the bad stuff happened. But then later she says, like I said, you know, they were all together, and then he snuck away and took her car after everyone went to sleep, meaning Tara's car. And it was like, wait, 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 what? Like, he took her car or he took Bo's car like those are two totally different things and then one of the big clues was there was a mud on Tara's tire and that came up earlier in the podcast you know why was there mud on her tires because she kept the car pretty immaculate from people's recollection and uh you know there was some suspicion that maybe there was some weird stuff going on so it just it seemed like even though she was giving away information, she kept giving away different sides of this information. So it was really hard to really know what to think. The last guy I want to talk about is uh, Jim Deal. I don't know if that was his real name, uh, but Payne kept talking about this guy named Jim Deal. He was a friend of Bo and I believe Ryan as well. Brooks said, and this is that's Bo's girlfriend, by the way, that seven or eight people were around the orchard that night when Ryan left. The pics, the picture that they have, oh, there's this picture that um, Payne has. Uh, that have eight guys in it, and Bo actually has his arm around Jim Deal. 
And here's the kicker. The guy we just talked about earlier who committed suicide, one of the names on the note was Jim Deal. So this Jim Deal guy looks like he was present when the murder was going on, whether he was aware of it or not, because there are rumors that he may have had no idea or the other guys there may have had no idea what was going on. And that seems like the case. I, I have a hard time believing that seven or eight people saw that happen and they kept it quiet this long. Now, now what's interesting is, is Jim Dill was on that note, but Bo and Ryan were not. Yeah, that was weird. And it could be that maybe this guy who committed suicide, you know, maybe he talked to Jim Deal about this and Jim Deal maybe confided in what happened. Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. But there was there was a list of names, wasn't there? There was more yeah, than one. Yeah, there was one. a bunch of names on it, but it doesn't appear. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe I, maybe he it was like a, a list of the people that knew about it. Maybe weren't involved, but maybe maybe the fact that they knew about it and never said possibly. anything. But I I don't know. That was a strange thing that I feel like there was there was more information that needed to come out of there that didn't. For sure. And the fact that that suicide note came out and nothing came of it a long time ago is just kind of sad to think about it. The last thing I want to talk about really, or at least one of the last things, is the authorities. Because this is kind of the big thing. This is the small town thing. And Payne never comes out and says it, but he rises suspicion that maybe someone or someone's inside the GBI or the sheriff's office is maybe looking out for Bo and Ryan um, and help hide this for so long. It's kind of hard to ignore the evidence because he has a lot of interesting things. First off, the GBI said that Ryan had never been questioned, but Payne had been told that Ryan was questioned a long time ago. And supposedly, they looked in the wrong spot. Now, it could have been that the GBI didn't question him, and it was the sheriff's office or something like that. It could have been a different branch. But they are like, no, no, no. Like, this story had been heard. This Pecan Orchard story had been heard before. There's also another guy named Alan Morgan. He was a police officer of some sort. I don't know if he's a deputy or sheriff or whatever. Uh, but he was on his way to the Pecan Orchard. So this is following the story that they had knew about this before. Um and then he was told when he was getting close to the pecan orchard that he needed to turn around and go home by somebody, probably an authority. Now, there's a guy named Nelson Puck. No, Polk. There's a lot of names here. But the big deal about Nelson Polk is he is related to Ryan Duke. And if I remember correctly, Nelson Polk was supposedly there. They were supposed to, Nelson Polk and Alan Morgan uh, apparently worked for two different. Uh, departments or counties or, or or whatever and they were supposed to meet there but while Allen was on his way he was told to turn around yeah and that's that's super interesting because well, first of all that proves that the pecan orchard story was brought up and, and and why would you tell someone to turn around why why would you have them not come there because the the fact that this is brought up in this case, if you didn't find anything, I would want that validation. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's just kind of one of those weird things that you're just like, what is going on with, you know, the authorities here? Like, is somebody doing something to hide this? Is Nelson Polk trying to protect? I believe it's his nephew. That's who Bo, or uh, who Ryan Dukes is. Another interesting thing they found: somebody found a law enforcer uniform. Five miles from Snapdragon, the Snapdragon house that burned down, it was a sheriff's. They ended up finding out that it was a sheriff's uniform. Why and uh, why they would bury this? Really odd. They're not supposed to do that. 
um, and it's in relatively in the area of where you know the murder happened. I mean, I think it was miles and miles away, but you know, if somebody was trying to hide this, they probably wouldn't hide it in the same area. And the other big thing that I thought was really interesting is there was a fight that involved a bunch of people um, from Osilla. Basically, there was a fight between them and some other people from different towns, and there were three guys that got arrested, and they were nearly put away for nine years. But the three guys in this fight who got arrested uh, were not people from Osilla. They were from Fitzgerald, and there was nobody from Osilla charged. And according to two of these three guys, there was a guy named, uh, what's his name? Josh Bowden started it. Uh, there's this guy, and he's from Osilla, but his dad was the district attorney, and he decided, nope, nice. you know, according to these people, nope, these kids are, are, these three kids are the ones responsible because I'm this guy's dad, even though technically, or at least from their recollection, Jess, Josh Bowden was the one who started it. The point of them bringing this up wasn't that, uh, that I don't even think Ryan Duke or Bo Duke's necessarily involved with this. The point of bringing this up is that this town apparently has a history, according to these two guys, of looking out for their own and authorities looking away when somebody from their town gets into a scuffle. It's some really compelling information. Now, I guess the question for us is, do we buy this? I don't know. I, I am of the opinion that like there's something here, and I definitely want them to investigate if there was some foul play. It could be possible that this is kind of like a white rabbit that we talked about before, something that looked like it, something that really wasn't. For me, the fact that these guys did this and, and got away with it for so long that their names never even came up, to say that there was no foul play or no ignorance of information, whether intentional or accidental, it's it's completely absurd. So either, in my opinion, there's no way there was not either foul play or poor job execution. Yeah, I think I would agree with you there. And I guess when you were talking about that, it um, made me realize, like, this was a big case, though. So if you're going to mess up, this is not the one to mess up on. But, I mean, you know, stuff happens, and there are some randomness to life, and... It could be just a point where they just were looking in the wrong spots and he just told them to turn around because there's nothing here to see. And there was no, it was totally innocent. But it does on the surface look pretty bad. Now, the biggest thing, this was the revelation, and it's funny, actually, when we were talking about this podcast, I told you this story in the podcast because I wasn't sure if you had heard it yet because you were, if you remember right, you were... You were like halfway through, and I'd listened to all of them a long time ago. And I was like, are you at the part where there was a guy that, anyway, and I ended up finding out re-listening to this, this was the very last thing that the podcast ends on. So I kind of spoiled <laughs> the ending for you. Um, but basically, uh, there was this guy who uh, this guy's brother ran into, and his car was broken down outside of a bar. I think it was called the White Horse. And he was trying to jumpstart his car, and basically, this guy's brother was like, this dude is super drunk. And he pretended to help him, but he really didn't because he didn't want him to drive and uh, off. And at the end of all this stuff, he ends up taking him to some spot. And he's like, shared some words of wisdom. He's like, hey, man, you need to think about your life because you really don't want to be getting drunk all the time and blah, blah, blah. And then we don't know if the guy who was drunk and having issues with his car was Ryan. But the story occurred in an area where it would make sense that it might have been him. 
And what he said was to this guy, he's like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be getting drunk. A lot When I get drunk, I do some crazy things. Don't quote me on exactly what he said, but when I get drunk, I do some crazy things. And somebody told me one time that I killed someone. I got drunk, and somebody told me that I killed someone. That somebody told me. That was how they kind of ended the podcast. That's why later, it for me, it would make sense that he would confess, right? Because he thinks he did it. Because he was told that he did it. But then you add in the fact that later he pleads not guilty because he's not 100% sure. Uh, the fact that Bo was heavily involved in listening to the podcast, in the forums, keeping up to date with everything. And never once did we ever really hear of Ryan doing that. And, and to me, it begs the question of if you're not the one that did this, if you're not the real problem here, why would you be so interested in what people are saying mm -hmm. unless you were worried that something else was going to come out? Possibly. And it could just be. I, and, and it could be nothing. Yeah. That, it could be like one of those things. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm totally connecting that when there's nothing to connect there. But to me, I just that always kind of struck me as, you know, why is he so interested and why is Ryan not? If I had if, if I was. So let's pretend we're on Jerry right now and our only evidence we have in front of us is this podcast. I think it's pretty clear that both of them are responsible. And I don't know to what degree, but in either case, I kind of hold them both equally responsible at this point. Mainly because I don't know. One, I don't know how involved Ryan was, but it sounds like he was definitely involved, at least to some degree. And I don't know how involved Bo was, but it definitely sounds like he was involved. So either way, like I, I think that they should be penalized as such. Um that's kind of where I land, but that's, I don't think that's how the justice system works. <laughs> that's just how my mind works. I, that's how I feel about it. And I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some authorities that use their power inappropriately. Um, I'm not going to say that they did, and I'm not going to say that I think they did, because I think there's a lot of implications that come with that. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, th I think I feel about the same. Um... I think there definitely was a lot of leaves that were left unturned, whether intentional or not. They're going to have to go back and unturn a lot of those leaves and figure out where the disconnects were and, and, and how we got to this point, how we got to a point to where if Payne Lindsay didn't make this podcast, where would we be today? Yeah. Would we have ever found out? And, that, and that's a question. I don't, I don't know if any of us will ever know. A lot of people, you know, say all oh, the podcast definitely helped. A lot of people said, oh, it eventually would have came out. But we don't know because it didn't come out until the podcast came out 10 years later. I, I don't think that it's unfathomable to think that they held on to it for 10 years. They wouldn't hold on to it till the grave. Yeah, I, I think I, I uh, going back to that question before, I think the podcast is absolutely should be credited with the solving of this case, even though it technically didn't solve it. Definitely. I think it kept it got people talking, and that's what they needed. And he, I, I find it amazing how Payne was able to get people to talk, because like I would be, I would hear these interviews, and I'm like, I can't believe these people are saying this to him, like all this really like especially like Bo's girlfriend. Why would she ever talk to Payne Lindsay? Like those yeah. interviews were just like wow, and uh, 
in also the the Twitter interview with with Bo, although it wasn't Payne that got that, the fact that he was even talking to somebody about this stuff was just unbelievable. And and, and mind you, I mean it's it's crazy to think about because he he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was new not only to trying to be an investigator, but new to doing podcasts, yeah. oh, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. He, and and so, you know, he was trying this out and it was just supposed to be a documentary, like you said before. It was just supposed to be a documentary. And he was going to kind of just talk about the case and the information that they already had. I don't think at the beginning of this, and he's said this really, that he ever imagined that it would get to where it was. Yeah, yeah so I think we're in agreement that uh, they're both responsible um, as far as we're concerned. Before we close this thing out, I did get some information uh, about where things kind of are right now. This is not the most updated information. and I couldn't find anything more updated than that. On September 2017, a grand jury filed four new charges for uh, against Bo Dukes, two counts of making false statements, one count of hindering apprehension of a criminal, and one count of concealing the death of another. So there was this thing where they thought that Bo might have immunity because he was riding out Ryan. According to September 27th, a grand jury they says no, and apparently uh, it was because he made some false testimonies and the police somehow found out or whatever, and he is now being indicted uh, as well, which I you know, I think most of us probably felt like he was getting off scot-free on that anyway, but again, we weren't there. We don't know what happened, but that's just what it sounds like. Uh, January 2018, Dukes, which is Bo Dukes, is out on bond. And Ryan Duke remains behind bars with little contact with the community, and he's dealing with the death himself. His father passed away just two months ago, and they plan on a trial of Ryan Duke this year. This is, again, like one of those things where I'm like, man, Ryan is getting the short end of the stick. Not that I really feel bad for him, but Bo Dukes is out on bond right now. Like, why is he not behind bars? That that blows my mind. So wait a minute. So Bo's... A free man currently. Yeah, until his trial. It looks like he's uh, he's out on bond. That's it. That literally makes no sense to me because even sticking with the narrative that they've given us, he still burned this poor woman's body. Yeah. He still helped hide and cover up a murder. So I that literally, I, I just can't seem to fathom why he would be free right now. I I don't know. That's even, not not even going off our own thoughts and opinions, just off the what has been released and said, what has been confessed. I can't even begin to fathom or imagine why he would be a free man at the moment. Yeah, I uh, I don't agree with that at all. I think Bo Duke should be behind bars until the trial, personally. Um, I'm assuming that's what that means. I, I think that's what they mean by when they say he's out on bond. Um, I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not a law professor professional um last thing i want to mention is i saw a picture of both bo dukes and ryan duke um on the internet and i'll say like ryan especially he just looks like a, a shell of the person i also saw like their high school like um what do they call it yearbook picture they're right next to each other because their names are so similar and he is like a shell of the person he used to be like he looked like such a normal person and when in high school, like just a normal guy, go lucky dude. But now it's just like, oh my gosh, he looks like just horrible. He's had like a full beard. You can just tell that this is just 
had a massive impact on his life and his health as it should um but i i just i just gotta say it it looked it made me uh not sad for him but it was just like wow i had a little bit of sympathy for him but just just a little bit no i um i mean it, it definitely seems strange you know looking at the pictures I, I i don't know it for me it's it's almost like you can tell uh this affected his life greatly and i i don't see that and Bowen, this is only my personal opinion. I mean, I, I don't really know, uh, but I, I just don't see that same effect um, on the outside. Uh, and that could be because Ryan is yeah. more guilty than Bo. And 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 it's extremely, or it could be that extremely Bo possible is just able to manipulate even himself into thinking that this is not that big of a deal. Going going with the narrative of, of other situations where Bo did get off scot-free from other things, because they, they did talk about that in the podcast. Uh, if Going with that narrative, it, it is possible that he's just so used to it that it's easier for him to deal with it because he knows. But that's, that's assuming that our thoughts and opinions are right mm-hmm. there. Well, I think that's it. I don't think there's anything more to talk about. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys did enjoy the episode. Uh, and... Uh, and- if you want to share your thoughts with us, download the Anchor app and then find our podcast. Right now it's on the homepage, although it may not be by the time you download it. Um, you can find it in the technology section or in the news section. Um, it was at the top of those both those sections when I last checked. You'll just see S4A. Um, and uh, just download that, add the podcast to your app or whatever, and then hit message button. And you can actually send us a voicemail kind of thing with your thoughts. And we might play it next week. Uh, so yeah, do that. And we will see you guys next time. And to Tara Grinstead, may you rest in peace and may your family find peace. Uh, That's all I have. For sure. And, uh, I definitely am grateful to Payne and to the law enforcement for bringing at least some peace to this family that has probably been restless for over 10 years over this tragedy. So Definitely want to say that. Uh, So thank you for saying that, Mikey. So thank you, guys. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, we did enjoy the podcast, although it does feel weird saying that. Uh, But definitely my hat's off to Payne Lindsay for the feat that he has accomplished. And, uh, yeah, so thank you, guys. Let us know if you have any thoughts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Search for Awesome podcast. I do hope you enjoyed, and if you did, maybe you wouldn't mind doing us a solid. Would you mind leaving us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you are at? Also, if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can either download the Anchor app and find our podcast and leave us a voice message for us to listen to later, perhaps even be on the show, or you can email us at podcast at thesearchforawesome.co. I hope you did enjoy. And we will see you next time.